when I got back and I thought about it, I thought, whoa, that was weird. Because <laughs> 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 everybody had a different color. Wow. And families were even identified by color. And then I uh, came and reading the Bible, and I'm reading about the breastplate of the mm-hmm. priest. Yep, yep. And every one of those jewels represented a different color for the tribes. Yes. Uh-huh. Every tribe had its own color. That's mm-hmm. true. And and I thought to myself, here it is again. Mm-hmm. God taking something the way it is operating in heaven and literally putting it here on the planet. Mm-hmm. But we don't realize the significance. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us one of our favorite guests, Dean Braxton. He had that wonderful experience. Well, I guess it wasn't wonderful when he died. It wasn't wonderful at the time, but when he left his body, he was with the Father and Jesus in heaven. And he's going to unpack for us some of the wonderful things that he saw there and experienced there to help us to learn how important it is to do on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're so delighted that you're with us. And we want to encourage you that if you haven't already done so, that you go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and that you give us some feedback. And if you haven't already joined our email list, please, please join our email list so that we can stay in touch with you and you can be informed of what we're doing. And we're especially interested in hearing your feedback, and especially today, because Dean Braxton is going to open some things up for us that you may not have ever thought of before, but maybe it's going to answer questions for you. And we want to get your feedback so that we know how this is helping you. And we'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what's going on in your life that this podcast is impacting because it's really important to us to connect with you. You know, it's kind of lonely when we're just talking to microphones and we never know who's listening and we never know what people are thinking. Are you being blessed? Is the Lord using this to, to transform your life? Let us know. And if you are feeling led by the Holy Spirit, you can also, while you're on our website, you can also help to pay it forward so that you can help us to, to continue to make these podcasts. So today we have with us our dear, dear friend, Dean Braxton. Dean, we're just always so happy to have you with us. And we'll put your your website and your Facebook page and your YouTube channel in our show notes, as well as some of our previous episodes that we've had with you, some links to them so that our listeners can just get more because they're not going to be satisfied. If this is their first time (laughs) to hear you, they're going to want more because I know I want more. I'm so interested in what's going on in heaven and to understand so that I can build my life on this earth in communication with the Holy Spirit for how things are being done in heaven, because we've been praying for all these generations and thousands of years, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, Dean, it's so good to have you with us again. We always love having you with us. And 
I, I was thinking about it this morning. I think you're probably our favorite guest. Um, <laughs> yes. we, and we've probably had you on more than anybody else. And well, I enjoy you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want us to do more regular programs yes, together. That I know. that yeah. that uh, I feel like it's a God thing that mm-hmm. that He's connected us. I'm with you. This is a time. I think. A moment, you know, and I'll tell people it's been about 17 years going on, 18 years since, you know, I died and, and had the experience of going to be with the Father of Jesus. And my pastor years ago told me about two years into it, he said, there are things that you won't be able to talk about because God is saying the people are not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um, I feel in the last year or so, in almost two years since I've come in contact with you and Phil, that God is saying I can talk about things or uh, bring out things that I couldn't talk about before because people are ready for it. Um, their hearts are ready for it. Maybe it's yeah. because of the situation that's going around in our world, really, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say our country, but it's really the world situation. And I think a lot more people are open to hearing things out of the traditions of yes. what we're used to hearing um, to be able to be more, um, what do you say, effective in, in the planet, on the planet, as I say it. So I yeah. think I'm hooked up with you and feel for that reason. I think I told you that Lord said that this is a teaching place for me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an evangelist. I love it. I love to bring in the harvest. I love to bring in people to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But there's a lot of things I experienced with the Father of Jesus in heaven that I could teach on. And I haven't mainly because I'm an evangelist. You know, I'll start off next year evangelizing, bringing people in. <laughs> but yeah. for whatever reason, global outpouring, I'm giving the, what do you call it, the go-ahead to teach in your midst. And I think with yours and Phil's guidance and encouragement, I will be able to teach some of this stuff. And I think it's more of a joining of together of two things that God has put on the planet, what you guys are doing. And since even the knowledge you have with what I experienced, my pastor in the past, Sharon, um, Pastor Jan Butler, he knew the Bible in the Greek. And so as I was um, back on the planet and adjusting to being here. (laughs) (laughs) That was tough, too. Adjusting to being here. He helped me out by knowing the Bible in the Greek. And when I would tell him something that I experienced with the Father and Jesus in heaven, he would say it many times, oh, the Greek said it that way. And when he said that, that helped me to be able to not feel alone on the planet. I don't know if people mm-hmm. realize that because to me, I felt like I was being dropped in the Amazon jungle. I didn't fit <laughs> no longer. And wow. I didn't wow. think I would ever, ever, ever relate to anybody ever again once this happened to me. And so for him to be able to take the word of God and say, Dean, this is in the word of God. Every time he did it, there was a settling in me like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm Mm -hmm. not alone. And it also let me know that as people read the word of God, they can come into this knowledge also. Maybe not in the same way I did, which was a crash course. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But they're going to get there sooner or later. Because there were so many things that was outside of my belief system in the sense of what I thought it was going to be like. And so I see that with you and feel and what you're doing. It's helping me to move in again into that realm of being able to say something. And with your knowledge of the Jewish people 
and Phil's dogs of the Jewish people, we're bringing a connection there. And mm-hmm. I really think it's unlocking doors for us to be able to do things like Jesus said, greater things you will do than he had done. And I really think that's what this is all about, that that's why God is doing this. So I look forward to these times of spending with you guys and just kind of sharing with you things and asking that if God brings something, you bring it in because I need it. And I believe the people that are hearing it, whether they realize it or not, they're being um, exposed to some things. Where do you find that at? None of my colleagues are doing this. Do you mm. understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, those that have died and gone and be with the Father and Jesus. They're sharing their story of heaven, don't get me wrong, and what they experienced. But to be able to join it, in our case, with the Jewish people and the, and the Hebrew culture, no one's doing mm. that. You understand uh-huh. what I mean? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we get the opportunity of me firsthand sharing what I experienced and you guys literally saying, hey, look at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There have been so many things that you've said that have just caused me to resonate with something that I've seen in the Word. And so I that's exactly what's been going on as we've talked together in these other episodes that we've done. And, you know, when you've been here and sitting around the table and all those kind of wonderful times of <laughs> yeah. fellowship. So one of the things that I know that you're doing right now is you are writing a book about family in heaven. Correct. And you've told us in other times that when you got there, you were greeted by family members, but not only family members that you knew were there, right. but generations and generations. Tell us more about that and whatever else the Lord wants you to reveal. You know, I want to back up a little bit uh, and share just becoming a writer. And because this is significant, and I'm hoping when I get to a certain point, God will open up something for you and you'll understand it and you'll say something from your point of view, to be honest with you. It'll help me even to walk you a little bit further. But I like to tell people that um, I've always wanted to be a writer, but because I was born with dyslexia, you know what I mean? And I see things backwards, Mm -hmm. really. I see them backwards before I see them forward. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can read a word backwards before forward. Even when I'm reading, I have to watch and take a breath because I'm rearranging words all the time. You know what I'm saying? And if you ever heard me read, sometimes I'll get lost. And that's what's going on is that I'm I'm rearranging (laughs) a sentence because I'm looking at it from the back. You know, I'm looking at it from what uh, right to left, then left to right. If you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Well, that's Hebrew. Yes, it's like reading reading in English, but written in Hebrew. Yeah. Reading left to right, but. Hebrew is right to left (laughs) and, and some other languages too. Yeah. And that's what was amazing to me because. After I came back, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, why didn't you fix this? You know what I mean? This dyslexia. <laughs> he, he healed my brain. He yeah. healed my, my heart. He healed my, my uh, toes. He healed everything about me, all 29 different things that went wrong with this body. There was no residue. There was nothing wrong with me when I came back, you know, except for my toes were dead. Wow. And he healed those later on. But the reality <laughs> of it is I asked him, I said, why did you not fix this? You know what I mean? Because this is something I've struggled with my entire life on the planet, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I think I told you earlier, I really didn't learn how to read until I was 17 years of age. And what really got me to read was I became born again. And I wanted to know the mm. scriptures. So I would open up my Bible wow. and where I didn't know words, I would just go past them and just keep on with the words I knew. 
But after a while, I became I, acquainted with certain words, and by memory, not by you know spelling it out or pronouncing it out, you know, I by memory I would see a word. Oh, that word's that word, or that word's this word. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of my Achilles' heel is that I'll look at a word, and I if I don't look at it close enough, I'll think it's another word because I didn't read it. Mm-hmm. It just picture came back up in my mind, you know. So that's how right. I that's how I read. And as I'm getting older, I've become better at doing it. <laughs> when I was younger, practice it was a struggle. makes perfect. Wow. Okay. But this mm-hmm. is one of the things I said to the Lord. Why didn't you heal me of that since you healed all these other things? And he said, there was nothing wrong with you. And I first didn't grab it. Okay. <laughs> and um, I was in Washington State and I was... Um, pondering over this stuff. I was on the pier of the Puget Sound. If you've ever been to Seattle, they got the Puget Sound. And I was on the pier and uh I was looking at the water. And there was this lady there and she was uh, grieving because her son had died and they were buried, Mm -hmm. putting his ashes out in the ocean. And she didn't go out in in the Puget Sound, but her family was out there. She was on the dock with me looking at her and we were talking well she happened to be uh her profession was working with people that had dyslexia wow oh wow and me and her talked for a while and she she told me there's nothing wrong with you you just see things different than people see you know i mean <laughs> and for years i always thought there's something wrong and i'm broken and <laughs> you know I mean? and everybody oh. else was fixed you know that type of thing and so sherry this is what i want to bring to you this is the part so I went to the Lord and I said to him, you know, why didn't you fix it? He said, there's nothing wrong with you. She confirmed it when she said that. He <laughs> said, if you would have been in, with words, you would never have been able to hear what I was telling you and bring it back. Okay. Wow. And let me tell you why he said that. Because we didn't communicate with words. We communicated with pictures. <clears throat> Everything that we was said, and I'll put it into words was not a words were said to me. It was pictures that were given to me. When I communicated with anything there, it was thought to thought, but it would be a picture. The best way, of, if I had to talk about a chair, I wouldn't say anything. I would form the picture in my head, transfer it to your, your thinking by your permission. You would see exactly the chair, what I was talking about, what it looked like, every detail of it. And that's how we would go back and forth and communicate, you know, in Mm -hmm. picture form. Mm -hmm. Now, I say that because a lot of times people say, well, is the language of heaven Hebrew? Okay. Mm -hmm. And I could say, yes, it is. I hope you can reiterate more than I'm saying right now, because I heard that the characters are really pictures. Yes. Is that true? Yes, it is. Hmm. Yes, it is. And even the proto-Hebrew, the early, early Hebrew, mm-hmm. um, was in some ways was even more pictorial than it is now. But everybody who studies Hebrew knows that each letter means a picture. Yeah. It's like Chinese, too. Isn't it? Yeah, Chinese is the same way. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know, I know about the Chinese, but that really got me because when mm-hmm. people always think it's Hebrew, I'd say, in a way, it is. But it isn't like we think it is, like I'm speaking language or words Mm -hmm. to you right now. It is pictures. And if we go to the pureness of what the Hebrew language is, it's pictures. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. So in heaven, you could say, yes, it's a Hebrew, but it really was from heaven to earth. 
So God was literally giving to the Hebrew people a language in the way that the heavens operated. Hmm. <laughs> yes, I see that. That's amazing. That, and and I think I think that's why you know when you are witness to something, you mm-hmm. see an event happen, and then they ask you to testify. You're having to put what you saw yes. into words. Into words. And I think that's what you're communicating to us now is that not only did you see things, but you saw things that were given to you by thought. Yes. Like history, things that you saw of what happened before you saw them. Yeah. It Was it like you saw the event when you saw Jesus hanging on the cross? Yes. Just shredded. Um, yep. And the way you've described how his blood mm. would come out in spurts um, yes. or sprinkled like mist. Um, you saw it. You didn't hear words. You, it wasn't no. described to you. You saw it. And, and saying that to you, I'll go a little bit deeper with that. Mm-hmm. When I saw it, and, I, and, I, and maybe there's something you can reiterate if I say this. If anything comes to you, remembrance of, of anything when it comes to the Hebrew culture or the Jewish culture, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just say it because I have questions inside of me about these things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think God just kind of like this is it and everything. I right. really believe that the, the Jewish people or the Hebrew people were given these things at the beginning. When when Moses was given the Ten Commandments, it was different than what we see in Charleston Heston's movie. Do you oh, understand yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. finger cup guy comes and <laughs> All that thing. I really I think it think, was a pretty good picture, though. <laughs> yeah, it was. I like it. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's as far as we can go in trying to describe what took place at that moment. But <laughs> I, I say that because when the communication came to me from anything in heaven, it, mm-hmm. it was pure, number one. But I just didn't see it in my mind's eye. I could hear it. I could mm. taste it. I could feel it. Your senses. All five senses could grab it. And it was like my taste was hearing it at the same time, or my eyes were hearing it at the same time. It it wasn't that my ears were just hearing it. It was these other senses took on whatever the other five senses were. Wow. Hmm. You know, I, I even, when I came back, said I had a sixth sense. It wasn't a sixth sense. It was all my senses operating in the pureness Mm -hmm. of what they were created to be. And I really believe Adam and Eve had that in the garden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I I really believe that the the dullness came after the fall. But before the fall, every one of our senses, our sight, our hearing, our touch, our smell, you know, our taste, were at a different uh, level or expansion, as I like to say, Mm -hmm. than we have now. And we are... Uh, what do you call it, um, because of our flesh and the down and the going down, you know, deteriorating, we're at a disadvantage of what we could have been if that never happened. But when I got to heaven, all of a sudden, all that was there. So when something communicated to me, I got the pureness of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just uh, words that I had to define what they're saying, like people are right now. What is he really saying? What's going on? I just got it. And it was quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, what I'm getting right now as you're talking is, I'm sorry, it's not Hebrew, but it's Greek. It's the word <laughs> logos for the, yes, you know, in the yes. beginning was the, the logos. Word. 
and the Logos yes. was with God and the Logos was God, okay? Yes. That word Logos, um, it not only is, is referring to words that are spoken, but it's also thought. Yes. Hmm. So in the beginning, like before you ever say something, unless you're saying it by the Holy Spirit and Correct. you didn't process it in your head, uh, before you say something, you're always you always think it before mm -hmm. you say it. But right. what what I'm understanding you're saying is of communication in heaven is that you get the whole shooting match um, with every sense. It's being given to you by the person who's communicating with you. Uh, and it's coming across in thought, but it's also something you're experiencing with all your senses. Yes. Have I got that? Yes. That's what, and even you opening up that door, um, it, I closed it years ago because I got really ridiculed for saying this uh, <laughs> one time, you know, and I thought, well, I just won't go there, you know, and it was really uh, uh, abrupt when I said it. So it said, no, you can't do that. You know what I mean? That's how they came across to mm -hmm. me. And I, and I said, whoa. But I was just trying to share with them this experience of this communication. And it was like my thoughts were more real than my words. Mm. And I was telling them that. And there were power in my thoughts. Um, I didn't go any further because I was cut off by the person. But my actual thoughts seemed to have more power than my words did. Mm. You know, and, and I'm not saying we're not to speak things out or say things. But for some reason, my thoughts were more powerful than my words were in heaven. And so I don't know how to say anything. I don't know if, if there's something in the Hebrew uh, belief system that we would tease that out more. But I just remember thinking when I came for, first came back, our thoughts were more. I know we're supposed to take every thought mm -hmm. captive, you know, which says, why would that be if it wasn't dangerous right. in the wrong way? Wow. Right. You understand what I mean? Right. And so I really think a lot of times uh, we get to the words and speaking, but something about our thoughts was even more powerful than the words coming out. You know, and maybe it goes with that scripture that says, not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what I'm comes sorry. out, mm -hmm. you know. And so, but that has to start with, with thoughts and that leads to something else. I know we were talking about family, but this is kind of like jumping on. <laughs> That's all right. After this, this is too good. <laughs> when I was there and worshiping the Father, and I, I said this in, in when I was out there at your facility, and I never, I didn't know how to really get into it and go deep. But I, when I was there, the flowers were praising the Lord. Mm -hmm. They were yeah. giving Him praise. And they taught me something about praise that was really outside of my thinking. And what they taught me was there's an outward praise and an inward praise. Remember I talked about that, mm -hmm. that when I say something to the Father, this goes into eternity, whether people realize it or not. You do anything in the kingdom of God and you express it outward, it's going to hit eternity. And what I mean by that, it's going to hit the Father. And once it hits the Father, it's in eternity. Wow. It, it will always be there. You know, when you get to heaven, there will be things that you've done uh, I won't say you forgot them because that doesn't exist there, forgetting things. <laughs> but there will be things that God will uh, bring up that you've done that would have been, you know, maybe you were five years old when you did it, but it was eternity, um, whatever it is, whatever word you said or something. There's things we do right now daily that we may think are temporal, but they're eternal things. Wow. So that's outward. 
but inward there was also the flowers taught me there was a praise or worship that went inward so it went two different directions one went outward one went inward and the inward one when it got inside of me um literally would uh, what do you say hook up with the holy spirit mm-hmm. and once it hooked up with the holy spirit it went into eternity also so as i'm talking to you there's a sound going outward but there's a sound going downward hmm. and that sound going downward hits up the holy spirit and it enters eternity and i was at wow about that later on when i thought about it because i thought we don't understand the power that goes on the inside of us mm-hmm. that's exactly <laughs> right exactly you know? right. yes and i even came back with the idea that we're stronger than we believe we are i'm sure mm. that's true you know Hallelujah. there's there's things that uh, that say no you're weak or this but we are we're so strong and that was those thoughts you know and saying that to you but i really came to understand the language of heaven is really pictures so people could look and say well yeah it's a hebrew language but it's in pictures but it's not looking at it from a hebrew upward it's looking from heavenly downward cuz the hebrew people would have had to get it from heaven to be able to come up with the language they have. Is that cool? Is that cool? That is cool. You know, uh, what you're saying about that having come from heaven, it's the Hebrew understanding, and it's my understanding um, from what I learned, you know, before I knew that that's how the the Hebrew people or the Jewish people would think, is that, you know, it says uh, in, I'm not sure exactly the scripture reference, but, but the Lord said to Moses when he was up on Mount Sinai, uh, be sure that you do everything according to the pattern shown you wow. in the mount. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> it's my understanding that Moses had a visit to heaven as well. Yeah. And yeah. that he saw in heaven the things that you saw. Yeah. And then God showed him how to make things on the earth out of what we have on the earth to work with. Right. And so that's how it was a type and a shadow of things to come. Yes. To give everybody the idea that that you know this this is our temporary version, mm-hmm. just like all of the sacrifices that were done, all the all of those things that were shown to Moses to do mm-hmm. was to be a picture to help us understand. And again, here we are with pictures. The yes. types and shadows are pictures of the reality. The Old Testament. I, I love this saying that the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. Yes. And the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. revealed. Yes. It's very good. Oh. So the this is, you know, we, we learn from the writers of the New Testament and the Gospels and Paul and the other few writers that contributed to, to the New Testament. They're opening up for us what these pictures were yes. that mm. were started in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you're saying something because, you know, coming back to the planet with that type of thinking. You know what I mean? That's there's a lot of things that uh, coming back to the plan with that thinking and I think <laughs> about it now. Got a grit when I think about it. But coming back with the planet, you know, and and having to walk here and then having to go back to communicating by words. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When there in heaven, it was by pictures, thoughts. You know, it, it took me a time even to adjust to opening up my mouth again and speaking, <laughs> not because there was damage done to it. It was that in heaven, I was used to not opening up my mouth to speak. 
I was used to anytime we opened up our mouth, and you heard me say this before, it was to sing. Yeah. It was to give yeah. glory to God. But anytime we were going to communicate, and this is hard for people to understand, we didn't communicate by opening up our mouth and pronouncing words. We just gave a thought to someone and they gave a thought back to us. Now, in saying that to people, no thought was forced on anybody. Mm-hmm. And everybody, if, if me and you were in heaven and we were giving those thoughts across to each other, we would have to ask permission mm-hmm. to be able to go into your thinking. Because once I went into your thinking, I knew everything about you. Wow. There was no hiding. Ooh. You know what I mean? But there's nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what sure. I mean? Uh, uh, there's nothing there at all to hide. I think that word... Um, Holiness comes with that. Mm. You know, uh, I always say to be pure, but it really is to be holy. When you're holy, you have nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so everything in heaven is holy. So that if I go into your thinking, you're not trying to hide something from me or, or shield it because you don't want me to think about it or know that about you. And so when I go in, <laughs> I see the pureness of who you are. But again, I can't just do it to do it. You understand mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I ha- God still gives you to write to say no. No one says no. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> but God still gives you the right to choose whether a person comes in or communicates and inside or not, you know. So everybody still has that right to say, no, nah, I'm not letting you in. But no one, it's hard to get people to understand. That thinking does not come about because no one thinks any bad things. Does right. that make sense There's to nothing you? to hide. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. nothing to hide. And so I remember when communicating, most of it was in my direction um, because I was more receiving than giving out. Um, you know, I always think when you go to heaven, you're going to find out you're not going to be giving out as much as you're going to be receiving. And it isn't because you're new there. It's just that you find out receiving, you know what I mean? Because people are going to want to receive. People are going to want to serve you. People are going to want to give to you. You got to love coming from the Father. You got to love coming from Jesus, the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you. And it's all coming. You're giving out, but you give out a lot less than what you receive. You receive a whole lot. And so I remember being there. And when things would communicate to me and everything can communicate with you. And mm. so, um, you know, Everything can. That's <laughs> so one of the things that I try to get people to, to understand. You know, Nehemiah, the ninth chapter, I think it's six verse, says everything's alive. And I know it mm. sounds really pretty. And people said, oh, this is very good. But the reality, everything's alive. Wow. And so in saying that to you, when the communication came my direction, I always felt embrace at the same moment. A braceness that like, this is fellowship. Mm. You understand what I mean? It's not just we're just talking to be, you know, talking to the weather or talking about anything. We are literally connected and fellowshipping mm. in that moment. Mm. And it was a great satisfaction with everything in heaven to have that ability to be that pure and them that pure toward me in communicating like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think sometimes when we're reading the word of God, that's the way that God wants to get across to us. He wants it to be that pure so that that fellowship would be that strong in reading the Word of God, mm-hmm. you know, or absorbing the Word of God or hearing the Word of God. Yeah. It's more than just anything. So that was really something to see see there um, when I was there, the, the power of our thoughts and how powerful they are to this day, mm-hmm. yeah. even us on the planet. 
And then to know that when I look at my brothers and sisters and they're praising the Lord, it's going outward and inward in the eternity. Beautiful. I, you know, Beautiful. I just shake my head on that one. Beautiful. I just think, oh, man, if we could really grasp that. But I bet me and you will talk again. There'll be something that comes to your mind. Yeah. And more of this will be even uh, come clearer when you read certain things. I found that out in myself reading the Word of God and, and listen. <laughs> There it is. Yeah. They're saying it. Yeah. You know, very small statement doesn't mean anything to yeah. anybody because it seems like it's a part of the sentence. But in reality, one or two of those words mm -hmm. are describing something that God has created in, in, a, in a way. Yeah. So that's one of the things that um, when you started out talking about the family mm -hmm. and me putting that book together is that, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to write. I'm, I'm supposed to write a series of 10 books. I've got five done. Mm -hmm. I got five to go. And oh. one of them is meeting family in heaven. I don't know if that'll be the title of it, but it, it's it's there. And it is one of the shadows that we get of how heaven operates. Mm -hmm. How God tells the family to operate on the planet is not, I'm just saying that for the planet. This is the model from heaven. Oh, yeah. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, one of the things, and let's go into this one because I think you could go a little bit deeper. Everybody has a color in heaven. When mm. you get to heaven, your family has a color. Oh, cool. Okay. Neat. Yeah. There's the light that's shining out of us, and it's bright, um, and it's white, but it's also got a color to it. Huh. Okay. And when I got back and I thought about it, I thought, whoa, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> everybody had a different color. Wow. And families were even identified by color. And then I thought... I came and reading the Bible and I'm reading about the breastplate of the mm -hmm. priest. Yep. Yep. And every one of those jewels represented a different color for the tribes. Yes. Uh -huh. Every tribe had its own color. That's mm -hmm. true. And, and I thought to myself, here it is again, mm -hmm. God taking something the way it is operating in heaven and literally putting it here on the planet. Mm -hmm. But we don't realize the significance of what is being done there because those colors, each of them are not just colored like we're just coloring you. It is really identifying your place in the family of God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's interesting too, that not only did each tribe have its own color in the breastplate of the high priest, yeah. but, the, there were three tribes that would camp on each side of the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. So like in the south was Reuben and Simeon and Gad, I think, are the ones that went together. And I was just looking at this yesterday. I think it was Judah and Issachar and Zebulun were together. But anyway, each three would come under a banner of those three tribes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one of them w had the face of a man on it. One of them had an ox on it. One had a lion. And wow, what was the other one? Um, was it an eagle? Yes, I think maybe. Eagle, I think, I think maybe yeah. it was an eagle. Uh -huh, yeah. Let me just double check that. It means it's time to go back and review. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, and, and I'm embarrassed because I was just looking at it two days ago. I was oh, working. Yeah. I was working on the tribes book. Uh, uh -huh. Gwen Shaw wrote a, a, a book about the tribes of Israel and wow, how. As we, as Gentile believers, have been grafted into Israel, well, Israel is tribal. Yes. So each of us have individually been grafted into a tribe. And she, mm -hmm. she does a tremendous study on 
what are the characteristics of each tribe and what's the what's the color and what's the banner and what's the mm-hmm. symbol and then where they are placed around the camp camped around the tabernacle and it's interesting the ones that get along the best god put them together, together. those three tribes and <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like there there are people in the body of christ that you know they belong in the body of christ right but it's like there's no intimate fellowship there not mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's like in in the body your elbow doesn't ever fellowship with your ear it just doesn't mm-hmm, happen mm-hmm. does not happen mm-hmm. but without your elbow you know you your finger can't get to your ear right right so but but it's interesting how god would camp them across from each other if <laughs> they wouldn't mm-hmm, get along mm-hmm. it's like it's like benjamin and manasseh and ephraim were together wow because they're they're the three sons of uh, rachel Okay, so they, right, they right. were together on one side of the, hmm, of okay. the camp. So, you know, just, just things like that. So I suspect that from what you saw, that you would see family, but maybe there's some other level that there's also some kind of kinship that you see in appearance. I don't know. What- well, you, we call them tribes. And I always, I always said tribes are families or clans. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's and, and what you're talking about, Gwen, saying they're put a tribe. I would have said they're put into a family. Okay. Okay. And in that case, because family is the basis. There's nothing else after that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the Father and Jesus and the, and the Holy Spirit, and then there's family. Okay. You know, be and I would have said that significance was there, but the colors was the thing that I saw, mm-hmm. and so, but no one's going around and said, "Wow, you're blue." Wow, you're green. <laughs> you know, nothing like that. But in reality, what really got me is you knew that the blues, and I'd say the blues, they had a responsibility of doing this over here, and you okay. knew the greens were over here doing something, and the purple was over here, and there were different shades. It wasn't just all blue, just one color. Mm-hmm. It was different shades. And that's why I think you have the jewels on on the breastplate. Mm-hmm. Because if you take the jewels and you look at them through the light, they come out in different shades. Yes. It's not just one shade of blue. Mm-hmm. Okay? Sure. The light makes all kinds of shades of blue and because it's shining through the light. And that's mm-hmm. what you would have. You would have different shades a blue. I really believe, even if we look a little bit deeper, maybe someone else out there can do this. Look at that <laughs> breastplate and to really think about that jewel. What does that jewel really represent? And go as deep as they can in finding that out. And they'll find the pureness of heaven in that, hmm, whatever okay. it is. Sometimes we just look at the jewel because we have a lot and we don't do the background work on finding out what does that really represent, just like you were talking about the three different tribes and how they were set up and and the different. I got a notion that eagle really meant something different in the heavenly realm. It's in Hmm. the Bible somewhere, probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then that would say that whole tribe or that family was in that realm to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever that eagle was representing. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering, because I don't remember the the other banner, if the other one is eagle, but aren't those the same symbols that uh, for the for the living creatures that they that had? Yeah, those there appearances? was ox and then there was a, a, a man's face. There was an eagle and then there was a lion. Yeah, lion. those are the same. Those are the four. And then you have a, a creatures in Revelation. They're not connected like those were with the four faces, but they also were separate, but they had those four, you know, mm-hmm. on them. So, 
And it would be it would be interesting to to look at that from a heavenly point of view. Mm-hmm. What does this really represent? And I think probably me and you talking about it as we talked about earlier, the people are ready for it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not to bring something weird into the world. It's really to bring more power Mm -hmm. uh, into us so that we could, the world is getting evil and it's getting evil every day. And we're seeing that and it's deteriorating. That's why it's getting evil. So Mm -hmm. God has already put something in place to counteract the evil. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, And the more, like understanding that when you praise out, something is going in yes because it's really coming from inside as well yes you know there there's something that is stirred up in thought that has become words how much of that is is actually inspired by the holy spirit in the first place yes you know from the inside it's it's going both directions and i just you just said something i think i was i had a dream and in my dream this week uh probably last night i'm praising the lord but I'm not outward saying it. It's all inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the, so I said, well, it's just a dream. I guarantee you my father took that that praise and, and took it. He didn't, didn't say, oh, you're sleeping. I'm not going to listen to you right now. <laughs> he took the praise that I had on the inside and praising him mm-hmm. in that moment. And he took it, you yeah. know. To him, it was just as real as if I spoke it out loud, mm-hmm. you know. It may have been even more real since it's ill on the inside. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Spirit to spirit communication. Yes. And so in saying that to you, you know, that was the, the in, inward part of it. But again, uh, even talking to you now, and I, I got these visions going through my head of seeing this. So as I'm talking to you, I'm seeing these things. And one thing I'm seeing about the colors and relating it back to the, the breastplate that was on the, the, the priest's was this, there was an inner part of that color. You understand? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was something There was something in that color that was alive. And I believe the breastplate probably represents something about the, the life that was inside of those colors. Sure. You know, it's more than head knowledge. It's mm-hmm. heart knowledge. Yes. And I think that's a key to open up. Dean, you know, you could be more effective by knowing that as you're going out sharing the gospel are are doing the things that God wants you to do in the kingdom right now. And so I'd say I'm getting excited about just telling you because <laughs> I'm seeing it. Yes. I'm seeing the creations of God which were to redeem and the colors that were going on. There were so many colors. Wow. You know? That's just amazing. Sharon, I never thought about taking that jewel out and shining through it and it has multiple colors coming <laughs> off of it. Wow. It's interesting, too. I've heard different teachings about the, the Urim and the Tumim, the Urim and Thummim. Yes. The, 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 those other two stones besides the one that represents each tribe. Lights and mm-hmm. perfections. Lights and perfections. Uh-huh. Thank you, Philip. Maybe it was that the uh, the stones for each tribe had the inscription of the name of the tribe mm-hmm. and that the lights would sh- oh. shine through and spell messages wow that Oof. that would Oof. that would uh that would be the answer you know when like when david was was inquiring of the lord yes and, and you know he said bring hither the ephod okay bring yes. hither the ephod mm-hmm. and like the time when he was at i think it was kaila or something like that that he got word that the people had sent word to saul 
that right. that he was with them. Yeah. And so yeah. he said, are they going to turn me in? And and the Lord said, yes, yes they, they are. Were. And so he he booked it out of there. <laughs> he left, <laughs> yes. you know. He wasn't waiting for that prophecy to be fulfilled. <laughs> but but I think that there must have been something to do with the with the way that divine uh holy light would shine through these things whether it was through the maybe there were letters on the urim and tumim or or maybe it was letters that were inscribed on mm-hmm. the different tribe stones i'm not sure exactly which way it worked or how it worked i'm not sure that it's really that's explained that's one of god's mysteries that's never, yes but but keeps that, everybody guessing <laughs> <laughs> but it but it's you know it's historical it really happened and and you know david was one of the few that we hear of that that actually we hear the story of what happened with that exchange with that breastplate well you're saying that takes me to the next area of that and that's <laughs> that everything every person had their own sound too Mm. Okay. Um, so it wasn't just the colors, but a sound was coming. And I heard that, you know, uh, and read that for color has sound to it. You sure. cannot separate the, the two. And so that was something also that, you knew everybody resonated with their own sound. Mm. Uh, that resonation of, of sound, if that's a word, I don't even know if that's a word, but Might if it is a me. word. It is now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> When that sound came off a person, it was always in worship of the Father. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. it was always in worship of the Father. It wasn't a sound that I was giving you or you were giving me. It was a sound that I was giving to the Father constantly, mm-hmm. you know, with the color that I was, you know. So think about people walking around or moving around in heaven uh, with great joy. Okay. Mm. And yet their movements or their vibration coming off of them was worshiping God. Beautiful. Is that cool? Is that cool? That yeah. is so yeah. beautiful. That is I, so I, I I got a notion that we're probably we wouldn't did a study on that and maybe somebody out there will even get a hold of you and give you even more information yes. about what we're talking about and how this little bitty stuff that we're talking about and how it's opening up big doors. Good. I really believe it's opening up big doors. Like I said earlier, I really believe people are ready to hear this through global outpouring, to be honest with you. And that's why I've get, I think I've gotten permission to be able to communicate it through you guys. Oh, but I really yeah. believe that whatever there is around family, the color, the sound of a family, you know, think that even sounds good. The sound of a family. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, you know that God wants people to see that, and someone probably has already unlocked a key somewhere, but didn't know how to make it fit. Well, Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And now us talking probably has opened up the door for someone to. Oh, that's what that is. Are wow, <laughs> you know, I'm getting it. You know, that's what I'm hoping takes place there, uh, because I always say when you get there. You know, your family comes to greet you in, but what you do there is with family. That goes with the rest of the traditions that we know from the, you know, we talk about the Hebrew people. When they served in the temple, they served as family. Some people say women didn't serve in the temple, but they had a role they played to make sure that if the man went into the temple, that they could do their job. You know, I'm not saying that they didn't serve, but that's Mm -hmm. what some people tell me. And I don't know what the... uh, fullness of it. But I can tell you that they were all family uh, when they were serving in that temple. Yes. And uh, oh. there were daughters of, I want to say, was it Heman 
Um, just a second. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> in First Chronicles 25, verse 5, verse 4 gives a list of the sons of Heman. And I won't try and read all of their names. Mm-hmm. But then it says, uh, and God gave to Heman 14 sons and three daughters. All these were under the hands, all these, all these sons and daughters were under the hands of their father for song in the house of the Lord. With with cymbals, psalteries, wow. and harps for wow. the service of the house of God, according to the king's order to Asaph, Yaduthan, and Heman. This is so hmm. cool. So, okay, yeah. According to this, they were available for song for the Lord. So, yes, and you know when I came out there and I shared on worship, song is the highest. You know, the highest in the sense of outward mm-hmm. communication to the Lord. So. For me, you know, to hear that says they didn't have a secondary role. Mm-hmm. They had a primary role in making sure the things were done in the in the temple or in mm-hmm. the tabernacle at the time because song yeah. is so pure to God. You know, we'll probably have to get back into that <laughs> another time with you and Bill <laughs> being musicians. This would be really yes. cool to go into that one, you know, in a more deeper way because I experienced that when I was with the Father and Jesus in heaven. So that, thank you, because that really helped out because I've heard people say the other way. But no, that means the family does serve in mm-hmm. the temple. And in heaven, as a family, you are going to serve. You know, you're not fighting each other. You're going along. You're using your portion of what you are to enhance the rest of the family, to be able to enhance all the other families mm-hmm. in heaven. And so... It's just really, it's really cool mm. to hear that wow. piece there. I try not to get too excited because <laughs> I know what music does. And so. <laughs> you know, another thing that's really significant to me in what you're saying is that in, when I was in high school choir, our uh, choir director always tried to put siblings as close as possible to each other because their voices are oh, similar. Oh, wow. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, see. Wow. <laughs> and and Philip yeah. and I, you know, our voices blend. We know wow. that our marriage was made in heaven, that we were connected yes. by the Lord himself. Yes. Yeah. Um, just the way that our voices blend together. Not everybody has that, you know, but it's like God made us family mm-hmm. in order to worship him. Wow. wow. Let me let me go a little bit farther with what you're saying because I used to talk a lot. I don't as much as I used to because I talked about family. And I always believe God gave each family mm. their own language to be able to communicate with each other. And when that language is messed up, then they have a hard time communicating with each other. And I use people that were like a musical uh, background and families, mm-hmm. and that was their language. That was their way of communicating with each other. And if that was messed up, then their communication was stopped. Now, someone else, mm-hmm. it might be numbers. Someone else, it might be electronics. I got an adopted granddaughter, and I know her papa. You know what I mean? She calls me Papa Dean, and he's Papa. <laughs> so, but he's very mechanical with his hands. I mean, he can look at something, don't have to read the manual. Oh, that's and he figures it out. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's just that way. And it just comes to him so natural, and he's always been that way. Well, I'm with his granddaughter down in Corpus Christi, and she got in a wreck with her car. Her bumper messed up. 
And so I said to her, I said, well, what's it going to cost? And she said, well, I bought the parts so I can put them on myself. <laughs> I love it. You know? and, oh, wow. and she's 18 years of age. Okay. She's 18 years of age. And her mom says, yeah, she's got that mechanical mm. thinking. And so I really believe in their family, that wow. is a way of communication, you know. And I think every family has that where they were something drives them together. Give you a good example, even in my family. Um, when I was growing up, my dad, yes, he was in the military, Air Force, but he also worked with kids, with young adults or kids, you know what I mean? And even when became a probation officer you know, in the sense of supervising probation department. Well, I gravitated towards young hmm. kids, you know, um, you know, in that area. I, I've got uh, uh, two brothers that gravitated uh, to the um, education uh, mm -hmm. area of high school. Yes. You understand what I'm talking about? And my older brother, he worked for NASA, but he had programs for young wow. kids in NASA. And we didn't grow up with our extended family. You know, we go and visit them, but we didn't have cousins or aunts and uncles around us. And I'm looking at our extended family. And as I'm looking at our extended family a few years ago, I found out my mm -hmm. grandpa was a teacher. I didn't know he went to school for become a teacher. Um, my aunt's a teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew she was a teacher. But it runs yeah. in our family to work. <laughs> and we're not Amazing. even close together. Wow. Yes, then I mean we didn't even grow up in the same area, but we tend to go to working with uh, wow. adolescents or teenagers, and it was like you know. So I kind of believe our language is linked to that in our family. Even my mother and I didn't know this, you know, until I uh, she's ninety years old, and I was uh, mm -hmm. taking her history down, you know, how, because I wanted to make sure I I know some things about her, and I didn't know she was driven toward those type of things also until I took her in. But in our family, we were, so I believe that's with families. It's, there's a language in that family, something that they do common, and maybe a secondary language. You know, I think it's a, just that one, but there may be one, two, or three different languages that mm -hmm. go throughout the family to be able to communicate um, with their family. And when that's broken or lost, then the, you lose communication wow. in uh -huh. the family. You know, so I just, I wonder that because, you, you know, you look at um, when Moses was asking people to mm -hmm. um, build the tabernacle, and people were yes. gifted in certain things, and their families yes. were gifted That's that true. way. That's mm. true. Wow. It, it's interesting. It's interesting. The one that you know, that God picked, uh, that He told Moses to go and get this young man that is the son of the daughters from the tribe of Dan to do right, the, right. the artwork in the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And okay, do you remember yeah. his name, Philip? No, I I don't remember the name. Well, so. I don't want to take time, but. Um, anyway, it's what you said, that it's a family thing, that God identified him by his family. Mm -hmm. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm just sharing those things with you, Sharon, because as we talk more about this, you know, starting out with the thoughts and everything, and it's how they go we're into the family area. But this is what I experienced with the Father and Jesus in heaven. And I really believe, I'll go back and reiterate it one more time. I really believe God is saying it's time for that information to get out. It's different than some of my friends are giving out about their stuff, mm -hmm. but that's what they're called to do. I'm called to take this uh, information that I experienced there and really almost filter it through. That's interesting. You know. it's, it's fun to, to go back and <laughs> forth. But I want to just make a comment about the dyslexia that God said is normal yes. for you. I believe that there's yes. something about the way that you are recalling and processing 
what you yes. saw there that enables you to communicate yes. in a way that others don't, that they might be able to read yes. normally. They might be able to uh, communicate in a different way and mm-hmm. have different things that they do. But he's using right. you with your unique set of communication skills and reading skills and whatever. Uh, he's using you in a way that he can't use them. Yeah. And you're correct about that because he told me this, and I didn't say that earlier. He said, I needed you to see things in pictures. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> That's what he said. And I was already, my fleshly mind was already trained to do that. Mm-hmm. So when I came back with what I had, I could see it in pictures because I didn't have a resistance from my fleshly mind mm. trying to reorientate to see it a different way. Wow. Does that make sense yeah. to you? Yeah, that's tremendous. And so he said to me, I needed you to see it in pictures. That was his answer. He said, nothing wrong with you. I needed you to see it in pictures. Hmm. You know, wow. and now I, I find ways to communicate it in the English language, mm-hmm. you know, because I know English. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm learning Spanish, mm-hmm. you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But, bueno. Yeah. <laughs> bueno, yeah. <laughs> but the reality of it is that I need, I still, even talking to you where we're talking, I see all that in pictures, everything we've talked about. But every bit of it is so vivid in my uh, my sight, Beautiful. you know, as I'm even looking at you, I'm still seeing those things in pictures. Wow. You know, and I and I cannot get them out of my mind and being able to see them that way, um, because that's what he said. Even when I I'll give you a good example, when I pray for a person, I always see myself going to my father and I'm standing before him. And he's looking at me, and I literally say, Father, I come here to talk to you about, and in your case, I would say, your daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's what I'm picturing, because I remember being before him. And I see myself standing before him saying, I'm coming here talking, I want to talk to you about your daughter. You know? Beautiful. And he always, always says, you know, lets me know, he acknowledges this is his daughter. He always said, this is his wow. daughter. That's why when I pray for people, I say, I know she's your daughter, or I'll say something, because that's the way he acknowledges that person, mm-hmm. you know? And then as as I'm praying for them, I see myself communicating with him. He's, he's downloading things inside of me. Some of the things he's saying, go ahead and share, and some of the things he's not. Some of the things what he's saying to me is, I want you to pray about this. He's literally telling me how to pray over his daughter. Wow. Hmm. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> and Beautiful. so, and I'm so amazed by it. You know, someone said, oh, you you don't understand. It's him giving me the words in the sense of, of the pictures on how to pray over his daughter. He'll show me things. Wow. You know, and I'll be wowing because I, I'm experiencing that at that moment, you know, of having that. When I was praying earlier uh, about the things that Phil was going through uh, and everything. He was showing me, this is how I want you to pray about that. Beautiful. You know, it isn't just didn't come up with your own wisdom, your own knowledge. And what I saw was outside of my thinking. So that's why I had to say your hand be in it or your touch in it because it was outside of my thinking. I did not have the human words to express what I was seeing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was showing me what to do. Beautiful. You know, it's so just wow. to let you know that. And people may say, why does he do that for you? Because he's, he will not go across his boundaries of he set. He's given us the responsibility on this planet. Mm. And he won't go across those without us 
asking him to come and do it. Is that cool? That is tremendous. Whatever you ask in Jesus' name, you know, that's because he put that up there. He's just waiting for us to ask sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) because he gave man the authority over the earth. That's correct. He gave man the authority over the earth. And that hasn't changed since Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been really good to be able to communicate yes. and talk like this. So, Yes, this has yeah. been wonderful. So um, just before we close, would you ask the Father how to pray for our listeners? Yeah. Hmm. Father, thank you right now. First, thank you for each and every person that's listening. Thank you that you answered questions for people today that people have had in their heart. And yes, I see that, that they had in their heart and they just didn't know if it was even correct to be able to think the way they were thinking, the day you have literally confirmed to them that the role that they're on and the thinking that they have is is a heavenly thinking. And so, Lord, I thank you right now that you're going to show them. Yes, Lord, you're going to show them in your word where it is. And there's those that have read your word, Lord, that are going to say, yes, now I understand where the next step should be in this area. I thank you for sharing and feel, I thank you, Lord, that this, yes, I see that, that this ministry is held in your in your hands. <laughs> yes, I see that, Lord. And that you, yes, are cuffing your hands to protect it. It is yours. Thank you, Father. It's thank always you, Father. been yours. And no one will be able to take it out of your hands. I thank, thank you, Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you're not, yes, I see that, Father, that you're not done with it, and that this ministry of global outpouring will be exactly what it is. Wow, glory will come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, because Father. Because of global outpouring. Wow, Lord, that is good thank news. You, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, in the name yeah. of your Son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for being with us today. This has been just marvelous. And we look forward to the next time that we can do this again. Yes, we'll do it again because I'm I'm excited because I got more things I want to discuss with you. Okay. (laughs) You know, there's a number of things that come to my mind as I'm talking to you. Glory to God. Sharon has a list. (laughs) I have a long list. (laughs) (laughs) We'll look forward to the next time. And thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.